Now, hopefully, you do not hear any echo. So, how's audio now? Because bef just before the stream, uh, of course, my PC decided not to recognize the microphone, and uh, this usually means I have to check a few things. I think I checked, but so how's audio? Uh, let me turn on the lights uh, because I think I forgot to turn on the lights, and unfortunately, I have only two of the lights over here controlled via the switch. So this one and that one. Uh, but there is more to give this nice look, because if the look is not nice, then what the hell am I even doing over here? Um, so let me turn on everything. And Bandita, congratulations. Congratulations, Bandita. Children are a very special part of every man's life. I know I have two daughters and I know how much of the joy that can be. So congratulations, mate. Congratulations, mate. Now the lights are all on and we can have a live stream good evening good morning good day and welcome to the fpv live stream hosted by me pavel spechalski and for the next two hours i will be trying to entertain you a little we will be talking about the rc we will be talking about the fpv hobby we will be talking about what's going on in the hobby what are the highlights what are the lowlights we will talk for a minute about the beta flight, we will talk for a minute about the INAV, maybe maybe even we will mention something like the EMU flight or Ardu pilot, I'm not sure, I don't know, but there is a good chance that this will actually happen. Uh, most probably the majority of the talk will be about INAV and all that stuff, because after all I'm the uh, INAV developer, so I'm developing a lot of stuff in INAV. However, recently I'm not probably the most active developer of INAV because right now probably uh, Darren Lyons is the most active developer. So thank you very much, Darren. I think I have to turn on something so, uh, fun, I think. It's hot. It's summer, it's hot. The, this is the attic. And unfortunately, the insulation over here in the attic is completely messed up, so it's super cold in the in during the winter, and it's super hot uh, during the summer. And uh, today was one of the worst days in terms of the weather this year, probably because it was hot and super humid um, in the morning. I decided I want to do some cinematography in the morning because and fly. By the way, I also did some flying. Uh, I can even show you that I did some flying, that there is a proof I did some flying. So let's wait for a second. So I went, where do I have it? Yeah, here, Pyrrhus Mini. You see. Da, da, da. And that would be probably this one. See, this was recorded today at 8 a.m., roughly 8 a.m., in the park. Oh. Now, now we are talking. Yeah, some jello, but this is expected. Yeah, what a nice monument. If you are from Szczecin, you know where it is. If you are not from Szczecin, then you have no idea where it is, but that's one more time, pretty much. Ex that something is completely messed up with my audio setup and by completely messed up I do mean completely messed up so if you don't mind uh, I will have to fix my completely messed up audio setup why what 
is going on settings logarithmic scale hmm okay maybe now it will be better because something is bloody wrong with my audio stuff. Anyhow, uh, let's not talk about bloody wrong thing. Let's talk about good things. Let's start with the chat because in the in the beginning I saw that Martin Christensen had a lot of questions about the ESCs, and because Martin question Martin had some questions about the ESCs, I think it's time for me to answer those questions. Unfortunately, I have to do it like that. So, first of all. Martin has a technical question. And how is that time inserted in ESCs? Are they using interrupts or falling edge of the PWM? Or is it via resistor to increase time to change discharge MOSFETs or some other way? Um, I'm not sure I'm following, but if you are asking if this is uh, synchronous, asynchronous processing, that is 100% absolutely asynchronous. The input of the PWM to the ESC is absolutely independent from the output from the MCU on the ESC to the MOSFETs. They are on the completely different routines, completely asynchronous. One is not driving the other. This is a completely independent stuff. And the next question is uh, how the RESC is programmed? Bootloader from UART via the TX cable to ESC or via the four motor wires and what protocol do to program them? Um, one more time, it depends. It depends because uh, if we are talking about the normal configuration to connect, for example, to BLHLE, then there is the protocol over. This is this is basically serial over the motor output, uh, but this is not the bootloader. This is uh, something built into the flight controller firmware and the application that allows you to configure and also built into the uh, ESC itself. And if we are talking about really programming uh, low level, then it depends on the architecture of the ESC. If those are STM32, then they have the JTAC SWD. You can just connect uh, with the special device to the pins on the ESC and flash them with whatever you want. Uh, but uh, flashing the new version of the basically of the BL Heli to the flight controller is over the serial. Uh, this is a sub protocol with the specific bootloader on the, on the MCU and it's working just fine. And the last question from Martin uh, Are ESCs using comparators for zero cross detection or only using consecutive ADC measurements? Uh, comparators. Uh, every ESC has comparators to compare the, the signal, how it's going, and the comparator actually handles the detection of zero crossing. Of course, it can be built in any other way, as long as it works, uh, but as long as I'm aware, every single of the ESCs we are using right now have comparators to handle that. So, Martin, I hope this uh, answers your questions. There were quite a lot of them, but and you are not here. If you are here, then say howdy. <laughs> uh, say howdy, mate, because this is awesome. Oh, Bonafide the Pirate. Hello, mate. It was a long time no see. Uh, what's up, man? How's the channel going? Uh, just like every other channel in the YouTubes. Uh, because if you don't know, the Bonafide the Pirate has a nice channel when he does some flying with uh, some interesting stuff. Uh, I haven't seen anything uh, from you in a while. 
or maybe it's just that YouTube is not promoting me your uh, materials, which is possible, which is absolutely possible because the YouTube is YouTube and YouTube is promoting whatever YouTube wants to promote. Uh, one month ago, okay, the last videos from Bonafide Pirate was uh, a month ago, when Bonafide Pirate did some stuff with Sky Hunter FPV. Uh, he hasn't been flying much lately. Ah, just like me. Yeah, the, the morning flight in the park was nice. But besides that, I'm really not that much flying recently. Um, I, but I'm going deeper and deeper into the cinematography, to be honest. So this this is taking quite a quite a while, quite a quite a lot of the of the free time I have right now. And uh, be prepared to see some more interesting, hopefully interesting movies from me. Some of them will be in Polish. Uh, right now I'm working on two videos in Polish. Uh, one is not even absolutely close to the RCFPV. This will be a completely different project about uh, my hometown. Oh, and Martin Christiansen is here with us about my uh, hometown. Uh, so I was uh, doing some walking and shooting in the morning. And the second one is the, because my Polish viewers, oh, you're not recording anything in Polish. You never do anything in Polish. So I decided to do the pseudo documentary about the life of the FPV pilot. <laughs> oh, it will be awesome. <laughs> if, if. If this will look at least at half as good as I imagine it can look, then it will be amazing, amazing video. You know this pseudo Netflix uh, documentary with the cameras and like uh, super tense and wonder. Ah, we, will, we will see what's gonna happen, but it will be in Polish. If this will be a success, then maybe I will record the second version in English. But the first version will be only in Polish because this this will probably. Uh, work uh, kind of nicer. I think so. Um, uh, Nightbot, uh, I see Nightbot uh, <laughs> started to do stuff. <laughs> oh, everybody loves Nightbot. Mm, what else is happening in the chat? Prophet. Prophet has the question and he can't afford to buy a new ESC with these prices. I'm building two new planes with uh, old Matic F405 CRT. Um, that's the problem. That's the problem with the chip shortage and uh, it's uh, not getting any better. Um, not getting any better will not get any better for a year, maybe even longer, because I know this was probably supposed. Everybody was thinking that the chip shortage would last like one year tops. No, it will take much, 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 much longer. And uh, Prophet also has the Revo F4. I would go with Matek. Uh, Revo was great, but Revo comparing to what Matek offers is just let's say Revo is the grandfather of every single flight controller we have right now. But it's time to let go. Use Matek F405 CRTs. They are still very good flight controllers. Uh, should work just fine. Absolutely no problem over here. I see that we have 26 viewers, but only 9 likes. Come on, come on, do something about it. Hit the like button, because if you're not hitting the like button, YouTube thinks that uh, my YouTube live stream sucks. It maybe sucks, but let's convince YouTube that this is not the case. <laughs> Yeah, Nightbot definitely doesn't uh, like uh, flies on drone. I think I will have to kill the Nightbot. It's such a irritating thing. Um, 
and uh, Chris Whitehead, uh, why we don't have more F4, uh, F745 flight controllers? Uh, because uh, of the prices, of the prices and the general availability. Uh, the situation looks even right now that probably the easiest to get are the H743 MCUs. Everything else is super hard to get, so people are manufacturers are rather not trying even to, to get those chips. It's so hard and they are so expensive that if you just want to put something on the market by H7 uh, price extra, at least you have something to put on the market. Um, for example, Matex stopped making F7 for uh, fives and F7 six uh, fives and concentrated only on the H7s because they are there and uh, well, they are the only ones. Not the only ones, uh, rather. Uh, Bonafide Pirate uh, has an excellent question, I think. If I would uh, recommend a single fixed wing plane right now for the new INAV build, what would it be? Something that you can buy or something that I think is the best platform ever? Um, that's those are not really like the same questions because something that you can buy. Hmm. To be honest, I don't know. Uh, to be honest, I don't know. I can tell you what not to buy, but I don't think this is the essence of the question. I'm not really sure what is really good and uh, with the decent uh, price and just, you know, a good good, uh, good hardware for the money you have. I have in the works, but it's it will take a long time. I have the Dolphin. Uh, Atomer C Dolphin, uh, but it's going uh, super slow. I have the Nano Drag in the works, but it's going even slower, so I really cannot tell you what I think about them. Both look very interesting, however, I'm not really sure if this is what you wanted. On the other hand, uh, my favorite airplane ever was the Mini Drag. Right wing mini drag period that was just amazing, but uh, they are not making them anymore, um, and they are quite biggish. And I sold mine because I was not flying. Because just like you, I'm not really flying that much as I used to fly. And if I fly, it's uh, most often just uh, just the multi rotors because it's just so small and so convenient. I got myself. Something like that. Uh, that's my. I think I already shared this uh, design during the previous live stream. This is my frame. Uh, I have to make some adjustments because there is something like the vibrations going on. I think the frame uh, is slightly too bendy, so I will have to reinforce the bottom plane. Three inches uh, HD ESC flight controller works like a, almost like a charm because, like I said, it sometimes vibrates a little, but I can take it anywhere I want, fly anywhere I can. It's small, nobody really cares if I'm flying this thing and I don't have to take the whole backpack. I have a small bag, amazing stuff, amazing stuff. So, so yeah.
that's 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 the reality unfortunately at least in uh, my case uh bunny uk uh, can we get the receiver diversity in INAF? yes we can will we get <laughs> this is a completely different story um i can tell you that there are no plans uh, if you really would like to use the receiver diversity I mean the secondary receiver, then you have basically, what are your options? You can go with Ardu Pilot, because uh, Ardu Pilot of course supports the secondary receiver because it's it's amazing and, and everybody knows that Ardu Pilot is the best. However, it can be pain in the posterior to set Ardu Pilot. Or if you are really like super you don't want to go with the flow and get the latest generation of the hardware the fr sky has a diversity setup so if you want to you can just have the diversity from the first sky there's a primary receiver secondary receiver secondary takes over when the primary is dead and this basically handles exactly the same situation as connecting connecting two receivers in parallel to single flight controller but in case of INAF, INAF, let's all remember that the INAF is the hobby grade software. And because this is the hobby grade software and we really have no aspiration to uh, be the second Ardu pilot, um, which is uh, not only the hobby grade uh, software, then the, the option of having the redundancy receiver is not really that important because if we go with the secondary receiver, maybe secondary GPS and so on and so on and so on. And the truth is that just like uh, we don't have enough developers. That's, that's, that's the fact, that's the situation, that's the current reality. And uh, because of that, I have so many ideas. I have so many ideas that I would like to implement, but I have no time. Uh, if other people come to develop something for the INAF, they develop something that they would like to develop for INAF because they it's usually something that they are missing. So they add something, but that's just the reality. Um, by the way, uh, which is kind of interesting, um, Betaflight is looking for developers. And I will be... I will be a bitch right now. I will be 100% an asshole. I will, I will say, you get what you fucking deserve. That's, that's my take on that. Uh, because, believe it or not, I have a huge admiration for the Betaflight project. Because the Betaflight project did amazing things. They were the software that made the major wave of the FPV possible because if not Betaflight um, current generation it, we would not have the performance we have right now so that was amazing um, amazing thing that happened that the clean flight was forked and everybody like jump on the Betaflight the development the huge improvements in the flight performance we had thanks only to the Betaflight this is incredible incredible amount of work and incredible stuff that happened in somewhere 2016-2017 kudos absolutely kudos however However, um, I will never ever in my life again 
propose a single merge request to the Betaflight repository. Never. Because I don't like being insulted. That's my take on the on the problem. Uh, because like I said, I don't like being insulted. I don't like being treated as the enemy or the stupid person, even though I'm uh, trying to help, trying to implement something. And because I don't like it, then I will never participate in that project ever in my life. And guess what? I'm not the only person that thinks the same. There are people I know personally that have exactly the same opinion that those developers by the way, kind of good developers, yeah, with all the all the all the all the things that uh, Betaflight is looking for. So you know, DMA, STM32, interrupts, timers, oscilloscopes, and stuff like that. They no, mm -mm, I I don't want to. I don't want to because this happened and uh, that happened and and done. And now, well, it's not a big hobby. It's not a big group of developers that uh, can do work for you, for, for the project. And if you start uh, insulting uh, developers left and right without absolutely any, any reason, the developers will like, okay, play yourself the game. I'm not really interested. That's my take on the situation. So, um, to set... Yeah, said to some extent. On the other hand, there was a change in the uh, in the in the in the in changes in the team. You know, there there's uh, now the different people are running the project. Uh, so maybe this will kind of help with uh, getting uh, things straight with the some of the problems the Betaflight project have. But 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 well, and I'm getting kind of sad now. I should stop saying crap like that okay uh, going back to the uh, looks question uh, about the diversity receivers uh, profit it's not about having the diversity receiver it's about having two receivers uh, that work uh, independently it's not about diversity it's about redundancy uh, yes it's kind of useful feature for the signal lifters um, but only if uh, really like made in the in the base case in the based way so unfortunately, no, this is not possible uh, currently with INAV. Uh, there are no plans to implement something like that. Can be done, but uh, I, of course, I cannot say for the every developer that wants to work uh, on INAV on the code base because I'm I'm just a bloke that sometimes merges something and pushes the commit left and right. Um, maybe someone will do it. Uh, maybe someone will do it. Maybe somebody will not do it. Uh, you really cannot, uh, unfortunately demand anything like that because nobody in INAF is getting paid for anything. Um, if somebody is paid for anything, it's only when the company that wants to bring the target uh, hires a developer to make a target. And that's all. This is the only only possible way that anybody in INAF can get paid. That's the reality. Uh, Gospodin uh, Kuchokov uh, says that he had a terrible crash with Arduplane. Of course, everything crashes. Uh, there are no like bulletproof and non-crashable software, firmware, whatever, hardware. Everything can just be destroyed uh, during the crash. This is the contact. This is the contact sport. 
uh, and usually after the contact not that much uh, of the stuff survives mm, and Hospodin also says that I enough uh, rocks for quads one-to-one uh, row performance acro performance on beta flight is better than on INAF. that's that's the reality let's not like pretend that it's not the reality because it's absolutely true uh, if you know how to fly your quad and you really want to put all everything that's possible then most probably beta flight will fly better however INAF is pretty close behind and um, honestly 95% of the users will not really see any practical difference plus uh, INAF has some fancy features that nobody else has so nobody else have uh, so so it's 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 a trade-off you get something you lose something um, and and yeah uh, Jason AG Manigre uh, says that love that frame definitely on the list you mean this one the Pirx Mini uh, yeah kind of nice I have to make some adjustments ask Miko why to cut me the new bottom plate because something is vibrating I have to beef up the arms slightly because they are just you know too um, flexible make the the arms over here near the plate slightly more beefed up so uh, that would shift the resonant frequency because it resonates at somewhere like 40 percent um, I also have to replace the camera HD camera mounts because the this one is kind of too flimsy I even printed the new ones but uh, had no time to install those things but after the changes I might say that the frame will be almost almost uh, almost perfect uh, Robert Garcelon uh, says that Matek has uh, express LRS diversity receiver yes diversity but the uh, looks question was not about diversity it was the redundancy and redundancy and diversity is not really the same those are two completely different things and they are designed even designed for two different uh, cases mm. Uh, so Team Yankee 2 says that they are using INAF in Ukraine on some of the bomber quads. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I I would prefer this was not the case uh, for my uh, reason that I already stated for a few times. Uh, I don't want to know about this mm, because I don't want to go into this in this topic. I never wanted to be developing weapons but that's 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 the thing uh riet 9 uh, says that shot fired no not really this is not the first time i said this thing and um, i think i assume that we are talking about beta flight and uh, the and the approach of the some people in the beta flight project because not talking about everyone we are only talking about some people and those people know <laughs> about whom I'm talking about and um, yeah uh, Mariano FPV uh, says that bidirectional D-shot will help someday um, I have something like a negative uh, approach towards the RPM filter because the it's kind of stupid that the flight controller has to know the RPM of the motor to be able to fly that's that that's 
okay, 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 maybe, okay. Um, I'm for last two years, none of my quads have even enabled RPM filtering and it works great. So maybe it's not really that much required. Maybe just my quads are slightly cleaner in build than majority of others. I don't know, but I don't have to use the RPM filters and I have absolutely no problems with tuning or anything like that. On the other hand, currently none of my big quads, uh, bigger quads that you can see over there is currently operational. <laughs> I damaged or destroyed <laughs> almost all of them and I'm in the process of like fixing stuff uh, replacing I should have plenty of things over here like motors and flight controllers I will have to finally get I don't know one day of the vacation uh, to finally fix it by the way last weekend I, I had a vacation it was uh, three days now actually three nights in the Polish mountains, uh, in the Izeri mountains, Świeradów uh, Zdruj, if you can pronounce the word, if you are not from Poland, then you, uh, you are amazing. Um, unfortunately, the weather was not really the best ever, so it was uh, either raining or uh, only on the second day we had a nice, nice weather, but then I was so tired from the first day that... But yeah, um, but that was nice. I was able to fly a little. Uh, I even made like uh, four packs with uh, my Pyrx Mini. I made absolutely zero lipos with my Mavic because turned out in the Polish mountains there are no places where you can fly with Mavics. Uh, at least far from people because there, is, there, there are forests everywhere and because there are forests everywhere you cannot really take off everywhere. So that's kind of like a bummer. Still, could have been worse. Bandita. Mm. says that recently, in case of failsafe, the machine started circulating locally instead of going home, similar to Postholt. Uh, here's a video of something else. What do you think? Uh, five minute C uh, issue. Uh, there's no link, most probably the... or maybe this. I should go the old chat. Live chat, maybe, who knows? Who knows, who knows, who knows? Uh, no, so YouTube does not allow to... To do it uh, but it's like it's if it's going circles that means uh, probably you have problems magnetometer and uh, probably INAF is not able to get the current heading so this is probably the case and every time the, the quad instead of standing still does something like that then it's a magnetometer almost every time uh, direction orientation uh, calibration or just too close to the motor's wire or something like that the reason is that the, the flight controller does not know where north is and if the gps tells quad okay now you have to go east to get home but if the flight controller has no idea where east is it will just go to the direction it thinks it is east is but it can be north south west wherever and of course then it will start to make bigger and bigger circles uh yeah so um, prophet uh, what is the easy way to check if gyro is not faulty or give bad data without a black box lock i crashed a plane recently that just flew with uh, flew, flew very inconsistently um you can't 
you can't really check with 100% accuracy without having a black box lock because then only you will see what the gyro is recording. Uh, you can use the sensor stop in the, for example, the INAF configurator, Betaflight configurator or anything like that to see if the gyro kind of makes sense, if the axis is not dead. But it will, for example, not detect the case when there is something like a resonance happening somewhere because just the frequency you can fit the system uh, statically on your uh, on your work uh, place is not enough to see it. So let me quickly find the flight controller by INAF development board. Mm -hmm. Let me quickly... Oi, 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 oi. Let me start the INAF configurator and let's see something. By the way, uh, for the INAF 5 I'm working on the 11 part uh, tutorial. 11 parts! 11 videos I recorded up to sixth. Uh, by the way, my patrons are uh, already already have the access to the first three episodes. It will be massive. It will be the biggest tutorial of how to set up INAP on the Flying Wing ever created. Uh, anyhow, if we go to the um, sensor stop, you can see if all the axes, but okay, the scale over here for the gyroscope is probably too high, so let's lower this thing. So you can see if this is recording some data, if the, the data makes sense, but you cannot really check what's happening in, in case of the real flight when there is some kind of the vibrations fed into the uh, into the system. Uh, this can, this is testable only and basically only in case if you have the black box lock. And by the way, uh, the 11 part video, uh, ser video series I am recording, maybe I can like tease something even right now. Okay, would you like to get the link to the first uh, episode? Because it's amazing, you know, it's amazing. Um, no, it's not, but you, I think you know where I'm going uh, with that. So, because you are here, it's time. INAF okay. 5, it's yeah, out, it's so me. let's... Because you are here, you're wasting your time listening to Uncle Pavel, then please, please, please enjoy. Please enjoy, this is, <laughs> this is the first one in the series. Uh, and there are links hidden to the next two episodes. So if you watch them, you will get to up to episode three without absolutely any problem. Uh, like I said, I have recorded uh, the material up to episode six. And after episode six, I still have to record next five episodes. No idea when, but I will try to do it. Okay. Mm <laughs> but for life, now I become that, the destroyer of worlds. Yeah. Many people assume that I'm a very nice person. And that I'm very polite, always. No. And the reality is that I am polite towards the people that are polite towards me. And usually I'm ignoring people I don't want to interact with. So that's that's. However, in times when time comes, I have nothing against being really an asshole. Absolutely, absolutely. Besides, I hate people. 
I think I already... My main quest in the game of life, I think it's done. Uh, now I'm doing side quests. <laughs> I'm the Snoop Dogg of the RC and FPV hobby. <laughs> okay, I never expected I would compare myself to the Snoop Dogg. Because Snoop Dogg is doing a side quest right now. He did what he accomplished whatever he wanted to accomplish. Now he can have do whatever he wants and he's bloody happy with what he's doing. So I'm the Snoop Dogg of the... <laughs> Of the RC and FPV uh, hobby. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> Elbart Knox uh, has the 4-inch hexacopter and can, can find a good position for the compass. It always have interference and the return to home gets out of the control. Maybe the Mark chip is cheap. It's uh, marked HA5883. And the problem with hexacopter that indeed it's really hard to find a good uh, place for the magnetometer because even on this, maybe not this one, uh, but if I, for example, would like to put the GPS on this frame with the magnetometer, I would have no problems in putting this thing here in the back between the rear motors because it will just work. And the rule of a thumb, by the way, is that magnetometer should be kept approximately five centimeters from the wires, ESCs, metals, batteries, stuff like that. Even on this small three-incher, no problem putting GPS over here and it will work perfectly. However, with the hexacopter is that you kind of have more motors over here and that kind of blocks the possibility to install this in the back. I think that in your case, the only viable option is to use some kind of the mast and just elevate the GPS at least a few centimeters uh, above the ground. Probably this is the, the, only, the, only, the only viable uh, solution to this to this problem uh, but it, of course it all depends on uh, how everything is built in your uh, in your case but remember if you can find the five centimeters then it should work if it's still not working then most probably you have a problem with your magnetometer uh, five five centimeters two inches roughly two inches something like that maybe even slightly less than two inches but but you know that that much that much should be fine, at least with those relatively small current uh, drones we are using right now. Because uh, years ago with the 10-12 inch propellers, there we, are, we had completely different currents back then. Then the distance just had to be bigger than right now. Yes, hit the like button. Bandita uh, says the correct things. You have to hit the like button. Everybody loves <laughs> Uh, Walter Hartman says that Pavel is Josh Bardwell's evil brother. Um, no, I'm not evil. I'm uh, just realistic. Mm, I'm, and I just, yeah, like I said, you're not a slow snow. You are not a snowflake. And I have absolutely, if you don't respect me, I have no intention of respecting you. Anyhow, uh, but small comment. <laughs> I don't like being compared to Bardwell, to be honest. I, don't get me wrong. A few years ago, it would be a huge compliment for me. That someone who said, oh, Pavel is like Joshua. Yeah, no, not really. No, no. We are kind of like, right now, I think we are really far apart from each other, from what we do, of how we do stuff, and what are our 
areas of interest. I don't want to be Polish Bardwell. I want <laughs> I want Joshua to be uh, American Pavel. Yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah, the, the, the scale is completely different in in terms of the views and the uh, and the subscribers and like the, the Joshua is like he's, he's the king of the FPV. He's the biggest. Really, he, he is the biggest uh, influencer in the channel in the RCN FP hobby, FPV hobby period. Nobody currently right now is getting as many views and reputation in the RC hobby than him. He, he, he wins everything. He just wins absolutely everything. And um, that's something that everybody should absolutely respect because this is this um, enormous amount of work went into, into that and really like good job. Good job, Joshua. You did amazing job on becoming the number one because you are the number one, period. But I don't want to be number two. I also want to be number one in my own specific niche. <laughs> but that's that's a completely, completely different story. Um, I'm not evil. Not really. I'm not. I'm not evil. I'm just... I usually try to just shut up. <laughs> Maybe I should shut up today as well. Anyhow, because every time I made uh, statements like that, I'm losing subscribers. <laughs> but, uh, like I mentioned for a few times, um, for me, this is a hobby. I can stop uh, having... I can stop doing that any day. Anyway, because I don't have to. That's the beauty of me doing this uh, this channel and programming enough and doing. I can just say don't. I don't want to do it uh, because this is not my job. This is my hobby. I have a solid income uh, from my day job. I have a really good job, well-paid job, and this is me just like you know doing something above getting paid my salary. So that's 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 also one of the differences between me and the others, especially the full-time YouTubers, where I just don't have to. Anyhow, Walter, thank you very much for this uh, super kind 10 bucks donations. And like I said, because I don't have to, doesn't mean I don't like receiving those small gifts that you can send me over the chat. I like it very much. And if you think that this is not helping in a way that it's giving me motivation to, to do something, then you are wrong. Most probably, if not my YouTube supporters and those donations and the Patreon, and then I will not be really doing this now because then I will just... <sighs> I will read a book or start doing something completely different so that's that's just how it goes uh, it it really gives a nice a nice boost in terms of the motivation to to try better and i think i'm trying better i think i'm getting better and better in this whole youtube thingy uh i'm not growing i'm also not declining too much so so it's kind of good um Uh, Chikilu guesses that uh, he's a number one of noobs since he took him two and a half years to get props speeding. But how much of that time you really invested into doing that? 
because the period of time is not the same as the effort put into the to the, to the thing because yeah you started doing something two years ago but then you had to do something you found something else and then something else something else something else and if you count the days or hours it only took you like two hours then no you only invested two hours on the period of two and a times uh, two and a half years this is only a hobby Let's not exaggerate. This is a hobby. It's supposed to give us pleasure. I'm of course not talking about the people that are flying as their main job, because for them it's a job. But if the, if you do not live out of FPV and RC, then for you this is a hobby. Do whatever you like. Do not stress it. Do not push it, uh, because it's supposed to be a relax. And men loves to relax like that. Uh, spending money on stuff they don't really need just like I'm st spending money on my video equipment right now like... <laughs> like <laughs> I got a cage for my for my camera but you will not see the cage because the, the camera is right now used to record me so you will not see the cage I have a right grip I have a left grip I have a top handle for the camera because yeah, you know it's it's helping so much I I even got the field monitor it's over there but I don't have the HDMI cable HDMI cable yet to connect everything so it's a hobby <laughs> another one bloody hell oh, too many hobbies anyhow Anyhow, Zoran B. Uh, Ublox GPS chipset speaks Ublox. Doesn't matter if complete module is made by Matek or someone else. Uh, this is uh, to answer to the question asked by the J2. Does I need a specific Ublox GPS or this is supported by the Ublox M8Q or Matek GPS modules? Yes. Uh, there are two things. There is a company called Ublox that is making GPS chipsets. And no, actually, there are three things. I uh, think number one is that there is company. Let me check the focus. Uh, there is the company called Ublox that is making the GPS chipsets, and uh, they are just the generations of the chipset. Uh, Ublox uh, M8. Q, M9, N, M10. By the way, we're going to have M10 chipsets soon. It's even right now, uh, it will be supported in the INAV uh, 5. Then we have the manufacturers of the GPS module that who take the GPS uh, receiver, the whole computer, by the way, put this on the board, attach the ceramic antenna and sell you this as the M8, Q, M9, N, whatever, M 6N. And then there is a protocol used to communicate with the uh, module with the GPS receiver on this board and uh, Ublox is not the only only one only the only protocol you can use of course all the Ublox uh, receivers are talking with the Ublox protocol but not only because um, there's Ublox Ublox 7 which is a slightly faster version of the Ublox protocol there's NMEA there is RTK and so on and so on and so on but those are only the communication protocols between the flight controller in our case and the GPS receiver uh, and your GPS module can be used with any protocol that it can talk to and flight controller also can understand this protocol uh, but 
basically right now everything talks ublocks. If you got got something in this hobby that is not talking ublocks, this is probably some strange crap that you should sell, get rid of immediately, because uh, there's a very good chance that this is something super legacy, unless it's something extremely expensive. But I doubt you really got your hands yourself uh, as something super expensive and high, super professional, uh, like RTK. RTK? Yes, RTK, because we do not use RTKs in this hobby, so everything is Ublox. Steve E, thank you very much for 10 bucks donation. Uh, I have no idea what is it for, but either way, thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, there was a question. Uh, Okay, J2 has the RTK, mm, so INF does not talk RTK, but that's that's a completely... Uh... Brandon Bean says that Riot brought him here. Hello? Nice to see you, man. Super nice to see you. Thank you very much for joining and we are in the middle. Uh, yeah, we are middle in the stream. We are having good time and it's amazing. It's the best day ever and everything. Uh, so please welcome have a beer, whatever, uh, have a coffee, have water. I'm having water today because water is very good for you. Uh, and you know, uh, Ezalku, um, how to add the second power sensor to flight controller? Is there FC, FC that accepts two power inputs? Um, if you want to use INAF, you can't because the INAF does not support the secondary, there's no redundancy in INAF, does not support the secondary current sensor. Uh, you can do it with ArduPilot. ArduPilot has the support for multiple uh, current sensors, so no problem. And there are, for example, flight controllers from Mars that allows you to do it. For example, uh, H743-WING and F765-WING SE. All those bigger flight controllers have the secondary voltage and uh, current measurement circuitry. Uh, I don't remember the names right now, but Matic H743 has it for sure, and also F765 had it, but uh, this is uh, end of life, so probably you will not be able. Ooh, <laughs> spam attack! Yeah, uh -huh. remove. We have a spam attack. This is incredible. Who brought? Mm, who brought the spam bot? And of course, Nightbot. When Nightbot is required, Nightbot is doing nothing. <laughs> oh, you stupid Nightbot. And report because pornographic or sexuality, la la la. Done. Uh, we have received your report. So hopefully. And also hide user in the channel, so the Naked HD will no longer put any any stupid crap in the chat. But exactly, where's the Nightbot when it's required? <laughs> 
maybe the spam bot is paying Nightbot for ignoring those messages. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Brandon Beans has a Fly M8 clone that can't do Ublocks when I tried. That means uh, I, I have one of those. They were doing Ublocks, but you have to connect the TX and the rigs in both cases. But they are doing Ublocks. Exactly once it worked at 10 Hz, uh, you, you will not get 10 Hz with Ublocks. So what the hell do you have over there? Um, so no, don't use Nmea, Nmea sucks. Uh, really, this GPS should do Ublocks. Like I said, everything should do Ublocks, but you have to connect the X and RX to do Ublocks. Maybe there's something was blocked. No, I, I, I had. If you were talking about the same Flywheel mate, uh, then uh, I had one of those, and the Ublox was working perfectly, uh, without absolutely any problems. Oh, uh, moderators, uh, Bonafi the pirate, welcome to the fun club of uh, being moderators in the chat. You can right now moderate, <laughs> moderate whatever you want. Uh, J2 says that I am more technical than Joshua. Yeah, maybe, maybe even I'm slightly too technical, but that's only me. Uh, our hobby rules. Yeah, it's quite nice. It's quite nice, and to think about it is even quite cheap. <laughs> okay. Mm. Mateusz uh, has a question. So, is now Horizon Drift lower by default by changes in the CLI? Uh, if you apply the defaults uh, that uh, I think even INAV4 gives you, no, not just copy-paste the old settings to the INAV, the horizon drift should be smaller. And uh, Mark Hoffman uh, has a nice video about the uh, horizon drift. So uh, I'll search for Blackie's tech channel when he talks about the horizon drift and how to mitigate it. Um, because if you do things by the book, the chance that you will get a massive horizon drift are not as big as some people might expect. It's not at, as bad as it used to be. Bonafide Pirate, and it's not really something to be honored. This is something, by the way, this is something that I got from Joshua Bardwell, because Joshua Bardwell is giving the moderator rights to, let's say, people that he wants to see when somebody speaks. Um, I'm, I'm, for example, the moderator on Joshua Bardwell's live stream. If I can, I can go there and start deleting messages. <laughs> of course, I'm not doing that because it would be stupid, but I can. So every time you type something, you see, oh, someone in the blue wrote something. That means you are a person. I will read your messages. <laughs> that's that's how it goes. Mm. Uh, Crate Cupid, uh, can you add the FreeSky Lipo sensor to read a second battery? Is there code for smart sensor? Uh, the INAV can work as the smart port master, so that means you can connect FreeSky sensors to INAV and then bypass the telemetry from those sensors to your radio. This should this should work. Uh, this should work. I have no uh, FreeSky hardware right now at all, so I cannot test. But in theory, it should be working. There's smart port mass, smart port master pass through of the sensors to the radio. So yeah, that's that's the option. Or you can just connect the to the smartpot receiver directly, not even to the the flight controller. That should work. That's actually a quite nice 
Oh, we have more messages. Uh, overpriced Tinder. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Report. Yeah. Everybody loves those uh, spam thingies. Uh, B, have a nice evening. Mate. Mm. Like FPV heard uh, Emu Flight at the beginning of the live stream. Yeah, I think Emu Flight has very nice developers. Honestly, I have not seen any of the Emu Flight people in the in the stream today, but I think that they are really super nice people. I like I like working with them very much, and I worked with them for a few times. I love them, amazing people. Uh, I even did. Uh, live stream with Kevin like two years ago or something like that uh, or a year ago really love working with Kevin super cool guy thumbs up and I think that the whole emo flight uh, team really like they are under appreciated project for sure uh, definitely should get slightly more uh, thumbs up and like patting on the back good job good job good job because they really are doing quite a lot of nice things and majority you know maybe not the majority quite a lot of the flight performance uh, the INAF has over the last few years was uh, borrowed from the emo flight uh, uh every few months i'm going into the emo flight projects oh they did this hmm. this is interesting kevin what do you think about that is it worth it and so on so this is really super uh, super super nice uh, bunch of people uh i proposed a few pull requests to emo flight uh, they were merged accepted this is how the cooperation should look like between developers in the open source it should be nice experience for everyone that's yeah anyhow <laughs> anyhow anyhow there are a few topics uh, i would like to talk i even have them uh, over here on my overpriced tablet anyhow and first of all let's talk oh, maybe let me do something like that main cam let's talk ina 5 INA 5 should go live in two weeks, more or less two weeks. That should give us on the 22nd of the June 2022. Right now we are at the release candidate 3 on the, of the INA 5. And to be honest, it's going pretty nice so far in the last two weeks since we released the first release candidate for the INA 5. We found absolutely zero major problems which is extremely good news. We found a, a few problems because uh, this is why we already released RC2 and then only yesterday RC3 because uh, we want to make sure that if we hit the production, hit the live system, hit the public release of the Betafly, INA5, it will be as safe as possible. Uh, but that was nothing really super major. Um, probably the biggest uh, change between RC2 and RC3 was that we got rid of the uh, possibility to 
uh, check set the custom update rate for the ESCs. Right now it's always working out of the box, don't have to configure anything. Another step towards the simplification of the setup process. It's just one setting less that you don't have to even be aware that it exists. So kudos for, for making the overall experience nicer and nicer. Mm, the same goes for the INAV configurator, no major problems and uh, today is 11th so on the 25th if everything goes well, we're going to release the INAF 5 on the 25th of the June. And let's hope that nothing major will happen in that time. So, good news, everyone. And I think that this is uh, good news. Uh, 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 let me know. No. Note something. So, yeah. So, what do you think? Uh, what are your thoughts about INA 5? Uh, who tried this already? Who was flying with INA 5? It's only available uh, for the last uh, few weeks, uh, two weeks ex exactly. Anybody tried that? Uh, some uh, amazing, uh, amazing things you want to share or not so much? And let's not talk about the horizon drift. It's the it's a nice thing that INA has. It gives you something to to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> um, plywood frame Chikilo made a plywood frame uh, have I <laughs> wait Okay, I will not find it right now, but I have a plywood plywood. I have a plywood source one, <laughs> and it works. It works pretty nice. Five inch source one, made of plywood. Super nice frame. Ah, it was it was flying on for only a few times because why? Why should you use fly plywood? Not fly plywood. Uh, I have a spruce quad. spruce spruce arms and three millimeter plywood main body uh, both bottom and the top plates and some 3d printed stuff for your stuff but besides that all the whole structure is 100% wood and it flies amazingly uh, I want to charge the batteries because it's using the big batteries you know like this is this is poor man's x-class and uh, put it to spin finally Flies really like amazing. And it, it sound it makes like angry. Super, super, super cool. Yeah, it's a sweet machine. Uh, not really for regular flying because of the weight and the size and, uh, and the fact that it's eating batteries like crazy, but it's a quite nice one. Um, Uh, yeah. Uh, Brandon Beans uh, kind of supports my thesis that the Emu flight devs are super nice people. Exactly. Exactly. They are super, uh, super nice people and I really love 
talking to them. By the way, uh, Nerdcopter drops into this uh, live stream from time to time. I have not seen him today, but he drops in from time to time. Why not? Apparently, he has nothing better to do than to try this. <laughs> but you know where I'm going to this. Mm. And Egg FPV agrees on my comments on the Emu flight to move one craft away from Beta flight in the process of moving uh, the other to INAF. There's always an alternative to everything. Um, yes, there are from time to time problems with Emu flights, but in general, the community is super nice uh, and they are very, very eager to help you resolve everything. Perfect perfect solution and you do not always have to follow the trends of everyone like you know what i'm talking about uh piotr stempniewski uh, he's from poland because he's writing polish and uh, piotr asks what kind of uh, drone for starting for the long range on light lithiums uh, don't start with long range uh, long range should come later um, i would say that if you really want to Go with seven inches because it will give you nicer long range-ish experience. Five inches and the lithiums do not really match. I cannot really recommend anything you can buy ready-made from China because yeah, I have a few videos on uh, my seven-inch drone. So check, uh, look for Pirx Seven. Uh, look for the Pirx Seven. Uh, P-I-R-X, Pirx 7, like the pilot Pirx of, of uh, Stanisław Lem. And uh, that should give you a few pointers. Alternatively, you can... Uh, you can visit this website. Uh-huh, because this uh, website should uh, give you something. And the Naked HD is back. Bloody hell! How? How? Remove. Ah, uh, there's something wrong with the moderation on the YouTube uh, today. Anyhow, this is not uh, really the best. Uh, Elbert Knox. Mm, Elbert Knox. I think it's tolerable pronunciation of your uh, nickname. Uh, in INAF, uh, have you ever, have I ever thought about supporting the same FC targets of Betaflight? Not our FCs are supported. Right. Um, this is a tough question. Mm. And I, I already said something about this thing for a few times. Uh, the fact oh i will not record this 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 segment because i will lose even more uh, subscribers because after what i will tell in the okay after what i will tell you i might start losing subscribers but this is fine the question is why INAF does not support every target that, for example, Betaflight does? And the answer is actually very simple. And the answer is that the fact that the developers that build INAF are working for free does not mean that they will be working for free. Because if you buy a flight controller from someone, uh, then uh, the only person that gets any money from the process is the retailer and the manufacturers of the flight, flight controllers. And 
INAF team, INAF developers, the people that are building INAF, deliver you few thousand dollars worth of the software absolutely for free. Uh, because we like to do what we do. This, however, does not mean that we are interested very much in uh, improving sales of everyone around you. Like the company B starts to sell a new flight controller. So how, for example, in this case, someone from INAV should react? Should I, as the de facto maintainer of the INAV project, should go to the AliExpress, buy the flight controller, wait one month for the flight controller to come, to reverse engineer it, to maybe port a target, spend my own time and my own money in the process, so that, yeah, okay, someone can get a target and flash this flight controller with INAV, but the only person that will get real gain of the process is the retailer and the manufacturer of the flight controller. I, why? Why should I help company X to sell their stuff? I'm not stupid, with all due respect to myself, um, and if I'm supposed to do work for someone, then I would like to get some kind of the compensation. This does not mean that the somebody has to pay the INA for being merged to a target. No, we have a policy. We have a policy, it's in the repository, you can find it, that exactly describes what has to happen to any board be included officially as the INAF release. And the process is very simple. Only someone has to provide samples. If the company that is making a flight controller is serious enough to send us, two people, two independent persons in the INAF project, samples of the hardware for testing. So, you know, we have the hardware I connect. Okay, it's really working, so we can release it. Then we can release it. Of course, uh, if the company wants to have the target built, you know, have the development work executed on the on the hardware, they have two options. Actually, they have in so many options that nobody like, come on, they they're, they can hire the developers, they can ask community to do it, they can hire one of us, enough developers to do it. This is happening all the time. Every serious company that is making a flight controllers is has enough targets if they only want to. If there is no target for the flight controller you have, that means that the company that you bought from is not interested in having enough target, period. There are companies that are extremely nice to work with, absolutely no problem. They are proactive, they provide samples, they provide technical package, uh, they are the first one that initiate the, the contact and want to have their targets added to INAF. Uh, I can name only a few, uh, Matek, Diatone, uh, Holybro, perfect. Perfect examples of the collaboration between the hardware manufacturers and the open source developers. I can only say good words about those three companies. Then there are companies that are sometimes okay, 
we would like to do something. Okay, let's do something. And then there are companies that not, does not give a tiny rat's ass. Company, I, I will not say any names of the companies that does not want to, does not give a tiny rat's ass. Uh, because I'm complaining too much, uh, but there are such a companies. Even when we proactively try to talk with those companies, hey, the people are asking for the for the targets for your flight controllers. Can we have the quick collaboration on this? Let's let's give people what they want. In, in example, the uh, support for your flight controller in INAV. Some companies never even replied. And if they are not interested, then sorry, I'm not interested as well. And this is the short, uh, not that short, but let's say shortish answer to why some of the flight controllers are not supported by INAV. Like I said earlier this today, I'm not really that kind of nice and easygoing with everyone persons. I'm nice and kind and if the other party also treats me with kindness. No kindness means that there is no kindness. And I got melancholic again. So, what you think about that? What you think about the exp my explanation of why some flight controllers uh, are supported and some flight controllers are not supported? Does it make sense? Or should we change our policy? Or is this uh, enough? Well, you know. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, the bots are here, but I see that Bonafide Pirate is doing his job. So it's, it's my best investment today to give. And it's back. Nightbot, you. But funny fact this, this, this user is even right now hidden from the chat so i think i really do think that this is some kind of the bug in the youtube right now that it's still displaying those things because it's it's not working how it's supposed to be working yeah uh steve e mm, do you feel the contributions to the INAF main page are fair and uh, equitable i was thinking to donate maybe 10 bucks for each model flying uh, INAF. so um with the contributions mm, some time ago we had a brain uh, storm with with the back then uh, people that made the INAF and we decided that we will uh, not have a centralized contribution option for INAF. And the reason for that is very simple. Because if you would have the centralized contribution uh, thing, like the PayPal account, there would be questions of who's making the who's making who's dividing and how dividing would have to register a company and this would be a problem for the tax and 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 so on and so on and so on so we decided no we are not doing that we are not interested in that thing uh, so that probably means that yeah if you want to donate to the INAF project you have a problem because you cannot really donate the INAF project you only can donate to the individual um, developers it, the list if you if you if you want to find it you will find even the list uh, no problem um, this is 
on one hand this is good on second hand this is bad because let's let's for example take the uh, tax issues if you make the donation to to me i don't have to pay any kind of the taxes because of the uh, tax laws in uh, where i live uh, that means that you can donate me like almost a thousand dollars and I don't have to even say a thing about who gave me what over the year because it's just a donation. I never had to do any work to to get this money. This is a donation. This is a gift. I don't have to do no. Three hundred bucks. Three hundred bucks. I, I over exaggerated over here. So up to this this and this we are talking about individual uh, donations. If, however, you would have something centralized like the INAF company, then who's running this, who's paying taxes, who's paying the uh, accountant, uh, and so on, and so on, and so on. And this is just a bloody complicated. So find someone you would like to donate to and find this person and donate to this person. That's that's just the answer. Uh, SPV, Crossfire Servo Protocol. Uh, now just need a Crossfire 2BM converter with built-in back. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm working on something like that. <laughs> ESP32 uh, connected to the flight controller. Uh, this is actually something different, but very similar. Uh, I'm working on something like the, the decoder with building back. Uh, maybe not this one, but you know, if you have the hardware, then maybe you can make the, the software absolutely no problem. There are options. There are, there are options uh, to go there. Uh, remember to start recording again. I did. Um, Sally says that I'm the best. Yeah, I'm pretty well. I'm pretty okay. I'm pretty fine. Yeah. Bandita. Uh, Bandita can confirm uh, for some manufacturers, uh, example, the solder melts too hot and doesn't not meet the solder specification of the sensor part uh, had the BMP to 80 error. Exactly. Uh, what if not the companies, but the ones that would love INAV5 uh, get you samples to, so they can get the INAV5? No problem. We don't really care who provides samples. It can be individuals, it can be companies, retailers, nobody. We don't care. The fact is that uh, two developers uh, have to have the hardware samples to be able, if, if there will be a bug that is happening only on this uh, one flight controller that we can kind of even work with this and okay, it's not working. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it is not working Without this we are only guessing and if we are thinking that we are providing some kind of the quality level well, we have to provide this some kind of the quality level and Like having the hardware is the only way to have the quality level. So still somebody has to make the target Hmm uh, Tugedal. Um, love INAF. Any news for Autotune for Quad? Uh, yes and no. The news is that there is no news. Uh, unfortunately, fortunately, I'm, I had no time. I had no time. I found the problem with my approach from the last year. I think I know what have to change. But I got kind of over the winter when I was not able to fly. I got kind of into some uh, other projects, and currently I'm not really working on that. But it's still somewhere in the back of my head. So maybe one day, maybe one day, um, 
Mrugrysek, will the Betaflight PA tuning Lua script work with INAV? Yes. Not everything, but you will be able to change PIDs. Uh, yeah, maybe not with INAV 5, because with INAV 5 we dropped a few of the old uh, MSP frames, but I was using that. I was using that three years ago and worked almost like a charm. Almost. Mateusz, if I can say something, what do I think about the Matek F405 WTE? Matek usually makes a very good hardware. One of the best hardware options you can get. So I'm not using this flight controller. I think I have a sample somewhere. Uh, because I think Matek sent me something, uh, so I have really no opinion. Uh, usually Matek hardware is my first choice of the hardware. Okay, I have to build something. So uh, Matek, this Matek has something that I like, uh, this one. Okay, should I buy this or maybe I can find the replacement in my box of flight controllers? Uh, but usual, usually the uh, Matek is my first uh, first option in checking something. Uh, fantastic, the order USD config will be easier if we can reorder the profiles. Absolutely mate. Every contribution to the project is priceless. If you are willing to uh, waste, well, maybe not waste, invest some of your free time into improving the INAV, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. If it only makes sense, I will gladly approve the merge request, merge it. If not, then I will say, yeah, you know what? Yeah, maybe, maybe we should not really merge it. But this is happening from time to time. We develop features that then are not merged. Uh, and this happens to everyone. I have like five, six merge requests for the INAM that were never merged because, yeah, you know, this is crap. No, I don't want to do it anymore. No, it doesn't make sense. So, so it's normal. Uh, Darren Lines uh, a few months ago did a feature when he improved the logic conditions by adding groups to the logic conditions. But we never merged because the, the feature was nice, but the implementation and the cost on the memory and the flash was kind of high. So yeah, okay, yeah, no, this is, this is not maybe how it's supposed to be working. So we decided, okay, we are not merging. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Jose Luis Alvarez Cleveland, do you know if an INA 5 can turn on and off the Cadix peanut? No, uh, there is no uh, support for the Cadix peanut. Uh, I wanted to work on it, but never really did. Um, it turned out that, but by the way, I do have the Cadix peanut and I'm using this uh, quite often because it's small in light and it just works. Um, but I just enable the Cadix peanut and go flying. Don't worry about anything. So, so no. Stanisław Wodan, super nice to see you around, mate. By the way, uh, by the way, Beta Flight 4.3. Do you know that they are almost ready? They are almost ready. And you know what? Uh, I think that. Uh, because if we go here and we start typing here, beta flight, 
if we go to the releases, mm, this is interesting. Uh, release candidate 7. They released the candidate 7 uh, last week. Uh, that was uh, 11 days ago. And here they wrote that it will take approximately 7 days to release the final. Ah, uh, the 7 days would be like 4 days ago. It never happened, but I have a, I, I think I know. I think I know what's going on. Because I think, I think I might be wrong. I'm quite always wrong. Uh, not always, quite often wrong, but if we think when the uh, Betaflight 4.2.0 was released is on the 14th of June 2020 and my wild guess is that 4.3 will be released on the 14th of June 2022. I bet, I bet, I bet five bucks that they will release it in three days. I think I I because it's such it's coincidence I don't think so so my wild guess is that uh, this will indeed happen on the in three days on the 14th that will be like Tuesday uh, this Tuesday might be wrong might not be wrong but it's it's really a nice coincidence like okay 14th of June two years ago yeah let's do it like that I think I think this I think this is the reality this is what's gonna happen hmm. Okie dokie. Um, so that was nice. Uh, oh, I have no idea if this is true. But remember when a few months ago, a month ago or something like that, maybe even slightly longer, I made a video that I said that, uh, yeah, but the GoPro Hero Bones is like kind of stupid idea because it's too expensive. And the people were like, no, 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 it's no, because you have the subscription and you will get three replacement and it's only 99 bucks for the subscription. So you, it's actually cheap because one uh, Hero 10 Bones is like uh, 90 something or bucks. <laughs> there is a rumor right now <laughs> that the... That the <laughs> GoPro subscription for Bones is 200 bucks. <laughs> I have no proof. I'm not sure uh, if you really have to pay 100, 200 bucks for the replacement. But that's kind of like... Mm. No, the Hero 10 Bones is, is a great camera because the Hero 10 Black is a great camera, but not for the price. <laughs> Not for the usage and the fact that we are breaking our cameras that often is the fact that we cannot have nice things uh, like the Hero Session, for example. Because um, we cannot have the Hero Session, which, by the way, was a super nice camera. I loved Session. I loved Session for because of the form factor and the toughness and everything. But, yeah, SPV asks if the GPS rescue mode issues fixed in mm, Betaflight 4.3. Yes, uh, I read the release notes and I think they fixed those issues like two release candidates ago. Somewhere around the Betaflight uh, release candidate 6 and 5. I think in the same where the ICM gyros went nuts. But apparently it's fixed. Apparently it's working and uh, apparently, yeah, I cannot really wait. I cannot really wait for the Betaflight 4.3 going live because I have recorded already such a nice video that the Betaflight 4.3 is going live. I only have, okay, okay, hit publish, hit publish, hit publish, uh, publish. <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's the reality. Uh, oh, this is super interesting question, Chris. 
Chris Whitehead asks which flight controllers we will be using after H7s. And it's a very tricky question because from the hardware itself and the requirements that the software has on the hardware, I mean the flight controller uh, firmware, or what they demand when they need the processing power, outputs, inputs and so on, even current generations of the H7s are more than enough. The top of the top of the line flight controllers we have right now at least in the no, actually everywhere uh, i know beta flight are the pilot wars are the h743 and the fact with the the truth about the h743 is that they are much more powerful than we need uh, they are fast enough have enough ram and have enough flash to there is no need to upgrade we do not have um, problem right now with any of the H7s. Um, if the software development will progress like it's progressing right now, we most probably will not be able to utilize everything that H743 offers for years, because there is just no need. We do not have to run the pit loop even faster. Uh, what we have is more or less enough and uh, the H743 is idling for so long that we can no problem put new functions over there, compute the Fourier transformations whenever we want and have a lot of fun with processing the data. But we don't have to process the data. And if the H743 we will decide one day that it's not enough, then we still have H745s, which are the dual core H7s. So there is a second core that you can use to do something completely different. Ardu pilot, uh, in case of Ardu pilots, it is simpler for them to adopt to use the second core on the H745s because they are running under the TBOS, so it's just nicer to have the operating system. In case for the Betaflight and INAF, we don't have the operating system layer, it's more like uh, low level hardware, so for us, utilizing the second core would be a problem, and so on, and so on, and so on. But if the H743 will be not enough, we can always go H745. Don't let's not talk about H750 that are downgraded versions of those things. However, the real question is do we need H7s right now? And the answer is that no. H722 are F722s are not really like the what we need, because for example, INAV has to make some feature cuts on the F722 and Ardu Pilot does not work on the F722 at all. Uh, but for the flippity floppy is more than enough. But if not F722, then we have F745, F765, much more powerful flight controller with more RAM and more flash memory to handle everything you want. Not enough processing power as the H7s, but still enough for what we doing, what we require right now. However, however, the real question is that will you be able to buy F745s, F765 and H7s? Because with the currently running chip shortage, the biggest problem is for the manufacturers, for the designers, it to buy the STM32 microprocessors. Because it's super hard to get the stuff you want to put on your flight controller. Um, 
a guy, a friend, maybe friend is too strong of the word, a colleague, by the way, he's over here from time to time, Bertie Blair. Uh, by the way, a few months ago, he said that a year or two years earlier, he ordered a batch of F722s and got only half of that a year later. Everybody's struggling with the sourcing of the flight controllers. If there will be no flight, con there will be no microprocessors on the market, we will not have current flight controllers so maybe we'll have to adapt to something else uh, maybe even we will go back to f3s because uh, you cannot buy f4s who knows who knows what might happen we just remove a lot of stuff and go back to the basics maybe g4s uh, beta flight is for example beta flight 4.3 has the um, uh, support for the g4s but this is somehow not really happening not, not nobody really saw any of the g4s i think kiss has the g4 but besides that nobody uses that so it's not really what we need what we want it's because the current options are in my opinions are enough of everything for the next few years it's the question of will we be able to get those microcontrollers and use them if STM32 will be making them or not and you will be able to buy them because if not then we will look for the alternatives and that I think is the answer to the question Chris that was a nice segment I like this segment I like this segment very much. Okay, we still have half an hour uh, on the on the stream. Let me quickly check the calendar because we have to plan the next live stream, right? Um, in two weeks. Let's have a next live stream in two weeks on the twenty fifth of the of how it's called of the June, because in two weeks. Ah, I think we're gonna combine. The, uh, the next live stream with the release of the uh, INAF 5. So let me quickly uh, copy the link and not for the da da da. No, 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 no. I, I think I clicked something. So, um, ba -ba -ba. Lovely, lovely, very nice. Lovely, lovely, very nice. So the next live stream is planned for the 25th uh, in exactly two weeks. And we're gonna have a nice talk about INA 5 and we're gonna release the INA 5. If, by the way, you would like to uh, know when the live streams are scheduled, I have this FPV shopping list website and here in the bottom you have the schedule link and you can see that the schedule, you see, for the 25th. So that's always uh, an option. And because we still have half an hour, then we can talk about different kind of the stuff. I see a lot of polls today uh, because now we get Tomasz Atz joined. Hello, mate. That's not normal. Um, Who's doing an advertisement in the Polish uh, community? Okay, guys, who's putting you over here? I bet somebody does, but who? Who is doing that? 
Who is doing that? Uh, where? Who put the link on the internet? <laughs> who put the link on the internet? I would like to know who to thank. Uh, because I like to thank people for being nice. <laughs> uh, super Deluxe. Uh, oh man, you're my hero. And almost 20 bucks of the donation is Super Sticker or however this thing is called. Thank you very much. Highly appreciated. Um, like I mentioned before, this is one of the reasons I'm doing those live streams. Because, you know, it's nice to get some kind of the small cash to be able to, you know, hmm, I will do something nice now. So, thank you very much, mate. Super appreciated. Outlook. Haha. Mm, yep. Uh, Heli flight, absolutely no problem. I think the link to the calendar is uh, public. At least you should be. Uh, <laughs> oh, the Nightbot. The Nightbot come, finally woke up and started to say something about the naked HD. Wow, Nightbot, we missed you. <laughs> hey, Blutz FPV, nice to see you. Nice to see you, man. Uh, nice to see you, man. Uh, and uh, Blutz says, asks if I seen the AI race drone that was tested today. Insanely fast and precise. No, I I saw the foot. I saw, saw the headline somewhere, but I had no time. I was doing something something different uh, today. First, I was I had the cinematographic session in the park, and not only in the park. By the way, I I think I mentioned I'm uh, more and more into this uh, cinematographic crap, not apps. Uh, and uh, here. Uh, where do I have it uh, for Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah, you see, I'm doing stuff like that right now. About some ruins in my city. That's, you know, like, then I will add some B-roll color grading and uh, fancy stuff. And and I will, in the, in the process, record video that nobody will watch. But I like doing that, so... <laughs> I woke up in the on the 6 a.m. today only to be at 7 a.m. in the park to record those shots. That's that's something. Uh, Tugedal, thank you very much for super kind 30th uh, Norwegian Corona donation. Uh, lovely, lovely, lovely. Thank you one more time for your appreciation of my work because I think we have to call it like that. Appreciation. That's that's the correct word. Anyhow. Um, Blutz, uh, artificial intelligence for driving a drone. Um, no, I have not seen. Um, I will have to find some time to watch it. Um, but do we have this AI when the AI only has the camera or this is AI with a lot of sensors down the track? Because if this later one, then I'm not really that much impressed. Mm, because it's not really that... No, it's, it's hard, but it's not that hard to learn the artificial intelligence to fly a drone on the track that artificial intelligence knows. The problem appears when the artificial intelligence does not know the track, does not have a shitload of sensors everywhere, so it knows exactly precisely what it is and only has the camera input uh, with the same quality to, to fly. I don't know. I don't know which one of those. Uh, like I said, I only saw the headline somewhere, but never really investigated. 
but apparently I will have to. Apparently this is something I have to invest uh, some time because artificial intelligence is amazing. Uh, the things you can do with artificial intelligence is pretty cool, pretty nice. It does not mean that you actually need artificial intelligence everywhere, like the artificial intelligence to fly the drone. <laughs> okay, weirdly bloke, ho ho ho, uh, nice that you join us. Uh, however, it's kind of lateish, but at least you said that you are late because we will be ending in like 20 minutes. However, it's nice to see you around. Um, the more the better, because you know, always more the better. Um, I have an interesting situation right now. The number of the viewers is going down. Right now, I have more viewers, uh, I have less viewers than the likes. <laughs> Maybe all the spam bots decided to leave. Anyhow, we still have 20 minutes of the chat in front of us so um let's talk about the bl heli alternatives mm, because we have to kind of admit that the bl heli monopolized the esc market most probably if you have an esc it's already running a BL Heli or was running a BL Heli, only then was flashed with something else, like for example Blue Jay or Just Maverick or something like that. But originally, the hardware you are using was designed to work with the BL Heli. And that's kind of the BL Heli guys monopolized the ESC market on the RC and FPV hobby, period. But uh, it doesn't mean that the BL Heli is the only option. Like I mentioned, we have the Blue Jay. I'm using a Blue Jay on one of my uh, smaller quads. There is the what else do we have there? Uh, Maverick, Jess Maverick. I don't have Jess Maverick. Uh, I do, however, and had before AM32. AM32 is the independent, and by independent, I do mean independent from everything else. Uh, ESC firmware prepared by the Alka Motors. I think like two years ago, I got before even this was really like super official. I got some ESC samples. Back then, I think it was from Dusking, uh, from the Alka Motors uh, directly, and this was flashed with the pretty old version, at least for today's standards, old versions of the AM32. And it was flyable. You were able to fly with the AM32. Uh, not great, because for example, the quad I was using this on had some strange yo twitches in some of the cases. So after some of the maneuvers, it was really like, whoa, what happened? Because it twitched in a strange way on the yo, but it was flyable. Uh, when I was building my Pirx 5, no, this is Pirx Mini, uh, I was like scavenging over, over my boxes and drawers for stuff. I found the uh not what i found actually found on the flight controller so i found the flight controller ordered uh, hd or their motors and then i was like esc yes eh, yes ESCs are expensive nowadays hmm this is i maybe i should not buy an esc maybe i have a 20 by 20 esc somewhere and i found in the box uh, one of the samples that the alka motors uh, im32 sent me like some time ago and like hmm 
maybe I will give it a try. I had some time and some fun actually trying to flash the new AM32 on this old hardware that was supposed to be running AM32. It took me really like one evening uh, because uh, it was not that obvious how to do it. And then after I did it, the ESC was not booting, and, but I, I fixed all of the problem. And then I started flying this thing and Wow, this is nice. This actually flies in a very nice way, so good job on that uh, Alka Motors. IM32 apparently is a pretty nice firmware right now. Uh, maybe not perfect because, for example, I'm not 100% convinced uh, with the software for the configuration of this, but there are a few interesting concepts. Uh, AM32 is compatible, for example, with the ESC configurator website, so you can configure this from, from this side. So, yeah, and the news is that right now you can start by the ESCs uh, flashed with the AM32 out from the factory. You don't have to flash the bootloader of the AM32. You can just, okay, I will get the AM32. That's a nice option. That's a nice option because having the competition for the BL Heli, uh, is a very good thing because the competition drives moves us forward if there is no competition then we are in the decline and we always should try to have the competition so uh, if somebody is looking for the new ESC maybe the AM32 is actually an option because not everything has to be a bill heli all the time uh, support the underdog just like I know <laughs> anyhow Anyhow, uh, Bandita, uh, what do you think, what do I think uh, of the Express LRS for the long time? My Prodron antennas have arrived and I would uh, flash the R9. I don't understand why they are so very good with the very little performance. Uh, what do I think about Express LRS? Remember what I said like a minute ago, it's a very good thing that we have the competition. I'm uh, not using Express LRS. I have no, I have one or two devices uh, connected to Express LRS, and I have very specific reasons not to use the Express LRS. Uh, but that's me. I'm not saying that you should not use Express LRS. I will tell you why I don't use the Express LRS. I don't use Express LRS for the following reasons. Reason number one, I'm not 100% sold on the quality of the receivers and the transmitters. Quite a lot of the stuff you can uh, buy clearly is not the best hardware ever. And uh, I kind of don't trust the hardware, at least the cheapest hardware. Yes, it's getting better, uh, but still uh, I would kind of... My bar is set slightly, slightly higher when I see like the uh, the cheapest Express LRS receiver and the PCB is not even I don't know sanded or cut cleanly. Then yeah, maybe, maybe, may, maybe not. <laughs> that's that's one. Um, two, uh, I feel no need to go with the Express LRS because my current radio system gives me everything I uh, I need because I started using Immersion RC Ghost to write uh, when it was uh, appeared on the market and I'm the happy Ghost users from that moment. It offers me everything I need. So I'm just using the, and I continue using uh, Immersion RC Ghost. I'm not saying I will not switch from the Immersion RC Ghost 
to something else in the future because the hardware is compatible with Express LRS. I can flash my Immersion RC Ghost with Express LRS, but I don't see the need to do so because Ghost gives me everything I want. And finally, I'm uh, kind of spoiled by the Ghost in two aspects. The aspect number one is that I don't bloody have to upgrade every single of my receivers every month because there's a new release. No, the, the Immersion RC Ghost is like half a year between releases and, and so on. But second of all, when the moment of the upgrading the receivers comes, the process is super simple. It's like the simplest process ever. You take the ghost transmitter, you flash the transmitter, then you power up the receiver, and the receiver says that eh, maybe we should upgrade. So you click OK on the over here in the night with the nice joystick on the transmitter. You say yeah, upgrade, and it's upgraded. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to take the model, connect anything. Everything is happening over the air. And this is saving me a shitload of time, and I highly appreciate that. Uh, when I was doing some materials with the Express LRS, I got some uh, hardware, and I got some hardware in a different uh, moment. And then was I had some transmitters with this version, some with this version, and I had to upgrade. I never remember which version on which hardware I had, so it was probably the faster to flash everything. But then flashing this thing, oh, it was just. It was complicated. It was taking a lot of time, and this is probably the biggest reason I'm not migrating to Express LRS. Because I see no gain in doing so, uh, but I see the cost. And cost in my case is that uh, it's a long process to manage all the correct versions of every single of my receivers. And because I have so many of the receivers, that's most probably why I'm not really upgrading. Um, Eugene, thank you very much. Uh, Tomasz Ad says that maybe Explorers is too new for you by constantly developing soft. Uh, yes, yes, that's that's kind of the of the of the thing. Yes, I know this like sounds hypocritical, hypoc hypocrisy. This is because I'm an app developer and we are releasing new versions uh, all the time. Yeah, but this is only every six months, uh, not every month or so. And uh, I still think that the process of upgrading iNav is simpler than the process of upgrading the Express LRS. <laughs> Honestly, that's that, that's my take on this. Because I can, I can just use the configurator, make a div, flash, restore the div, uh, and done. With this, like, that's, that's this. I know, I know. Uh, and yes, I want the software stability, not the new functionality. I'm one of those people that actually, if I, I was super happy with the R9, for example, but my hardware failed me twice, so I decided not to go with the same, hard, the same hardware for the third time. R9 was working. I had no worries about it. It was just providing me everything I wanted. This is all, don't get me wrong. 
This is only a radio link. This is not, it has one job, maybe two jobs, including the uh, telemetry. Good, they get the signal from A to B and then from B to A. I don't want like super fancy features on this thing. I want this thing to run uh, reliably. And if I will like buy something, I would just like to buy it. So that's me. That, like I said, I'm strange from time to time. Uh, Bandita, my pleasure. I, I still do think that Express LRS is example of the amazing success of the software in the closed hardware world. That's incredible what they were able to achieve uh, in such a short time. That's really like, wow, mind-blowing. And I'm a little jealous, to be honest. Uh, but it doesn't mean I have to do it, because, like, why? That's just the question. Um, uh, fluid teen. Uh, I wish INAF could run on some powerful arm so we can have a vision and leader sensors with AI for obstacle avoidance, for example. Uh, but who would write it? The problem is that you need developers to create that. And guess what? Somehow nobody is interested in implementing something like that. I bet that A743 can do half of those things. But there are no developers that are willing to invest their free time in such a things. If you know some, send them over here. I will gladly welcome them to the INAF community and give them all the support they need. Just so they, they, they can only, they only have to develop the INAF uh, in return. return. That's, that's, that's only, for, only this. Um, Martin Christiansen, my pleasure. My pleasure, mate. Oh, what time is it? Okay, we have still eight minutes. So if you have questions, then probably this is the uh, moment that uh, you have to ask. And I see that there is a very interesting question from Simon P. Simon P. asks, Hey, Pavel, are there any plans for updates to the OSD in INAF? In example, dials, different colors, or the pixel OSD style graphics? And the answer is that there is currently no hardware that can do such a things. It's just non-existent. So INAF as the software project cannot implement something that hardware does not provide. That means the following. The analog OSD uh, that analog systems use, uh, this is character-only OSD. You can only use characters, no graphics at all. There is, or rather was, the FreeSky Pixel OSD when you could use the, this as a pixel-level canvas and uh, draw on it. But because it was connected via serial, the performance was not really that great. And even the artificial horizon was laggy from time to time. So no possibility to have dials and stuff like that. And on top of that, this hardware was black and white only. No possibility to overlay any kinds of the color. So the color option is gone. The DJI FPV does not really give you any option, any, absolutely any, to have anything besides the data that the OSD itself decides to render. We have the canvas mode in the upcoming Wild Snake 
this new replacement pseudo from Cadix that DJI never really worked on okay uh, that has the not really the canvas mode but the MSP display port which is one more time character based overlay but this is character only and this is from what we know at least until now and this is one more time this is black and white only and we have the HD0, which one more time is the MSP display port, black and white character only. So there is currently no option to have anything better because there is no hardware that can provide anything better. And besides of that, because of that, nobody is really interested in developing something that will never be used. Period. Period. Just period. Uh, to get out. Do you think DJI FPV will work as the analog OSD in the future? No, this will not happen. This will absolutely not happen uh, because I still believe that the, the new walk snail <laughs> dominator, fat shark, HD, whatever is made by DJI in the, in the guts or at least like DJI had a lot of to do and they just uh, they are not interested in developing a systems that they will be rolling out not rolling in and that's that's not even the Cadix. i saw this uh, screenshot somewhere that Cadix uh, admitted although the last year they said oh we are working on the canvas mode it will be amazing they admitted that no canvas mode for the current generation of the dgi fpv will not happen uh, walk snail has it just migrate to the walk snail i'm not migrating mm -mm. that rather will not happen so that's 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 the situation over here um and drone pilot to 60RC. What's my thoughts on the DJI FPV drone? The new one, the old one, the Avata. They announced the Avata yet? No, I don't think so. Um, I have no thoughts on the the big the the model from the last year. Um, I only noticed that quite a lot of people are selling that stuff. So apparently they have not liked it after all. Um, You know, it's great for the beginners, <laughs> but I would break it immediately. <laughs> I'm just breaking my stuff too often. So that's that's basically all. Okay, gents, ladies, any ladies today? I have no idea. We will be slowly ending for today. Two hours uh, past. I had a super nice stream and a super nice uh, conversation with you guys. So I was able to record a few videos and I will use them as the separate videos on my channel because, you know, I'm trying to reuse the content so I don't have to invest so much time in uh, making them. Um, so that's basically all for today. We meet each other in two weeks on the 25th of the June on the INA 5 release event. Hopefully, at least that's the plan today, because if nothing will explode in the INA 5, then we're going to have the final release in two weeks. Um, and uh, what else? 
Thank you very much. Thank you for joining. Thank you for spending last two hours with me, your friendly uncle Pavel, talking with his very strong Eastern European accent. And apparently some people love it. <laughs> um, instead of doing something more productive, maybe. So thank you very much. And uh, like always, happy flying. Yeah. Is this thing off?